Back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for joining me. I've got a great clip for today. It is one of those clips that I ran across where the, one of the parasites was saying something pretty great, something that will give a lot of hope to, particularly to conservatives and even thinking people on the left, when it comes to things like uh, central bank digital currency. But, as I am wont to do, I heard something else coming out of this as well, and I, I wanted to play this. I've had this clip for about a week now, chomping at the bit to get to it. So we'll do that in a little bit. Before I get into that, I'm going to do a public service announcement. You know, I don't have the platform to do my health show anymore. Allison Noe does the health show now from 9 to 10 o'clock on Monday mornings. She's fantastic and actually better qualified to talk about that stuff than I am. But when I see something affect myself, I feel like I should share. I'm a people person. I love people. If you are suffering from any back pain, let me give you something to think about. Uh, I I have had bouts, usually about once a year, I get back spasms. Anybody, long listener of this show, I pretty much had like an annual annual segment uh, on my back. It was just the weirdest thing. It would just go out. I wouldn't know what had happened. But I've noticed something the last couple of times. My back has been a wreck the last couple of days. And that's unlike me. I'm pretty fit. I do a lot of exercising. Went for a good long hike uh, out in the desert not long ago. Felt fantastic. But I have noticed something, and this is something for you to think about, and I think when I say if you suffer from back pain, I think I'm talking to about, I don't know what, 50, 75% of people out there. It's probably one of the biggest complaints that I hear from people. But I have noticed I don't eat a whole lot of bread. I'm mostly a meat guy, kind of keto, sometimes carnivore, but I have a pretty decent, pretty decent diet. does not involve a lot of bread. I can eat gluten. I really still enjoy pizza, and when I'm on the road in particular or when I'm home, uh, I'll get a pizza on the weekends generally. It doesn't really bother me, but I, have, I swear I think I've found the cause of my problems, and that is heavily processed buns. I let my guard down. I kept passing this place out in California called, I think it's Jack's Hot Chicken. It's really pretty good food. Not like fast food, fast food, kind of fast casual food, but I do love a spicy chicken sandwich. Back in my former life of illness, I was a big uh, spicy chicken sandwich guy. And so I just thought I'd seen this place. I knew it was kind of a local place. Uh, I said, well, I'm going to give it a try. I'll tell you what, I ate for the first time basically what was a sandwich on a fast food burger bun and my back. I knew, I knew when I was doing it. I said, well, I bet you my back's going to be tight tomorrow. I had no idea. I'm almost three days past this meal now, and it is just now getting back to where I can put my socks on. That's not an exaggeration. 
There were times I needed to go out and I knew I needed to give myself an extra 15 or 20 minutes to get ready because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to pull my leg up high enough to put a sock on. And I'm telling you, I think because I've noticed this the last two times I've had back issues has been after eating something that was on a heavily processed bun. So there's that. If you notice yourself with bouts of back pain, that may be something you want to take a look at too. Gluten is something that a lot of people have problems with. There's something in the the heavily processed, you know, a, a homemade pizza dough. Usually when I eat pizza, I eat it somewhere nice, a family-run place, your pie, Acme. When I'm in, uh, in Ridgeland, Pizza Shack, something where they've got some good quality ingredients. I don't eat a lot of fast food pizza, that kind of stuff, but I'll tell you what. There's just, there's something in those things. So I may have just saved you some. It it is a very good idea. If you were suffering from health problems, we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. If you're suffering from health problems, it's a great idea to keep some level of a food diary. Or when you start feeling bad, aches, pains, depression, moodiness, any of these kinds of things that pop up from time to time, stop for just a second and go back the last few days and make a jot down a note of what you ate. Put it in your phone. Then the next time you feel that way again, do it again. And then scroll through that list of things you've eaten the days before you don't feel good. I'll bet you you're going to find a couple of things in there that you don't normally eat that made its way into the diet because of a special event or a weakness at the time. It's a great way to solve some health problems. More on that in just a bit. You know, I was listening to some of the wildly successful and wealthy conservative talk show hosts. And, you know, it really hit me what the difference is between what I do and what they do. The thing is, is that most conservative talk show hosts talk endlessly every day, mostly about the most obvious things in the world. And I spend my time on trying to explain what I believe to be much less obvious. Mark Levin yesterday was on the Charlie Kirk show. He's written a new book called The Democrats Hate America. Now, <laughs> that's a winning title if you want to want the choir to buy your book for sure. He is going to make bank on this thing. There's no doubt about it. And I listened to Mark Levin, who for some reason they call him the great one. Not a fan, myself. He's a, he's a Sean Hannity guy. <laughs> that, that's a danger sign to me. But I listened to Charlie Kirk and Mark Levin talk about the Democrats, and I don't think I disagreed with a single thing. The message was, and you can imagine from the title of that book, uh, Democrats Hate America, the, the gist of the conversation was the Democrats have gone insane and their policies hurt the country. <laughs> yep, that's true. But, but to me, they leave out so many of the less obvious things to their audience, and that is that the Republican policies have also been crushing the average American. I was, I was listening to Officer Tatum, another WIAB show. He was talking about the tragedy in Libya, and he was right. We have just had a situation where an entire town in Libya was just wiped out. 11,000 already confirmed dead, another 20,000 missing, and Officer Tatum was rightfully pointing this out. Like, why isn't this a story? This is such a huge tragedy. But he said that the dam broke, was in bad shape, quote, I mean, I I think this is a direct quote, because of some of the wars they've had. Well, that's one way to put it, isn't it? What he could have said, and what, what is the difference between my show and these other shows, what he could have said was the dam was neglected because the U.S. foreign policy psychopaths 
turned the country of Libya into a completely failed state. It was not a state, uh, not a failed state, before Gaddafi was murdered in the streets during the civil war that we created in their country. You remember this, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton laughing at it? We came, we saw, he died. <laughs> I can't bear to play the clip again on my show. And now there are 30,000, potentially, 30,000 more victims of U.S. foreign policy. An entire town has been wiped out. Again, this is just an extension of the death and mayhem that our country, our psychopaths and our government, I, I really do need to break the habit of saying we, because I know it's not you and me, but we sign off on it. We vote for the people that support this stuff. You don't think you do? It's, it's, this is one of those great things people say, uh, you know, the Democrats are, uh, look at them in the sanctuary cities. You're getting what you voted for. But all of the complaints that I hear out of the right, too, you voted for these things, too. You don't think Roger Wicker, you don't think Roger Wicker, Cindy Hyde-Smith are part of the problem? That they aren't causing problems that you're having to deal with? You voted for them. But it was, it, it's just, this is 30,000 more people died. But, but Officer Tatum... He, he doesn't say that. He says, it's, it's, quote, because of some of the wars they've had. <laughs> well, that leaves out a pretty big part of it. And then he also spent some time talking about uh, Hunter Biden playing a clip of the horrific uh, Merrick Garland, who should be in a prison cell, the Attorney General of the United States right now. And he played a clip of somebody asking, does it normally take two years to find out if a guy lied on a gun registration form? Um, Officer Tatum did another clip about one of the freaks that Joe Biden's administration hired, that bald dude with the lipstick and the high heels. Apparently he's gotten caught. You know, he got caught stealing people's luggage. Now, apparently from listening to Officer Tatum, uh, he was caught with some other designer clothes that had been missing. He had stolen those too. And see, these are all stories, but they're so obvious. And the knowledge that you have of those stories, should everybody in the country know it, it will amount to zero changes in this country. Hunter Biden deserves to be in jail for the corruption of himself and his family, as does Joe Biden, as does Jill Biden. As, I mean, they all belong in jail. But let's just say Hunter Biden is finally indicted and jailed up. What does that change in the life of the average American? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because this country is rotten to the core. The, the government of this country is rotten to the core. And so I continue to point this out that really you're playing, it's, it's, it's conservative radio plays whack-a-mole. It, it is like the American approach to health care or to, to people's health. It's probably the same around the world, but it is to talk about the symptoms endlessly. Here's the American approach to health. Now, I will say this is kind of uniquely American. Uh, other countries don't allow all the garbage in their food. They actually take care of their health in many other countries. But here's the American approach to health. I've got headaches, insomnia, stomach issues, high blood pressure, acne, depression, muscle cramps. I get sick several times a year. And so what people do is they separate all these things out and they go to each specialist, uh, to a doctor in each specialty to have them address these issues for forever. It takes forever, right? And most doctors don't understand or care 
about the connections to the other problems that you're having too. So you spend huge amounts of time and energy on each issue and you get nowhere. Instead, you need to look at the big things. And when it comes to your health, it's your, it's your diet and what you consume first. You probably need to cut out a bunch of chemicals and crap out of your food. Otherwise, you're just chasing your tail. One prescription that you get for one of these symptoms that you went to one specialty doctor for just hides that symptom, but it doesn't, under, uh, it doesn't help the underlying cause, so more things start to break down. And you spend all that time talking about your high blood pressure and trying to attack it, and every other disease and symptom is just getting worse. Instead of what's doing what's needed and attacking all of it at the cause, at the root See, in, in politics, what passes for political commentary in this country, what's very popular, what's very profitable, is all about talking about every single whack-a-mole symptom issue that comes out. Joe Biden's not the problem with this country. Joe Biden's a symptom of a much, much sicker system that would give him to us in the first time, first place. But everybody, every day on conservative media, I see this, and the left does this too, but just understand, I talk to a conservative audience, and I, I do feel a certain need sometimes to explain myself why I won't play the team sports. But you can fight about every single Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, every education policy, every regulation, talk about the, F, the uh, January 6th people and the FBI corruption or the FDA corruption or the media corruption or big tech corruption, the Clintons. You can talk about Obama's sexuality. And just like your, your health, you'll spend all your time and energy focusing on every one of these little symptoms. They throw, a, they throw one at you about every two weeks, right? So that you don't ever back up and focus on the, the, the real thing. You need to trash the system in its entirety. Now, people will tell you, oh, that's too big, right? That's impossible. We're never going to get that. That's that pie-in-the-sky libertarian dream. Argentina's about to do it. Argentina. Now, as I said before, many times since this Javier Mille guy has, has risen to prominence, is at the cusp of winning the presidency in Argentina, uh, it took the Argentinians, I don't know, about nine financial crises, currency collapses, for them to catch a clue and go, you know what we need to do? We need to really change the system. See, what conservatism, what liberalism, what Republicans and Democrats do is they trap you in this idea that you need to just keep nibbling around the edges, and they're going to let you know every, every egregious action by the other side. And you need to focus relentlessly on the Hunter Biden issue, on the, the corruption of the, the FBI when it comes to January 6th. Ignore the fact that Republicans sold you on the FBI for the past 50 years, telling you how great they were, even though they were involved in everything from the JFK assassination to targeting protesters. <laughs> I mean, to 9-11, to Waco. doesn't matter. They'll give you this, and then they'll give you something else to look at coming up next. You have to understand, until people get a grasp, just like your health, until you realize a wholesale change needs to be made, then, then nothing ever changes. I can sit here and talk to you about the obvious stuff. I find it, number one, I find it boring. But number, number two, it gets you nowhere. 30 years, and I really kind of use the Rush Limbaugh time period. No no salt on the grave of Rush Limbaugh. He did a great job. Probably turned a, He turned some people from the left into conservatives. That's kind of a move. But he, he, he basically ushered them into the Republican Party. That was really his job, not to free the mind and get people to understand that both sides of the system are so corrupted they cannot be saved. 
But he probably created a lot of Republicans. But for 30 years, people have been talking about the symptoms. And for 30 years, you've been getting robbed. You have your wealth stolen from you. Your education system continues down the drain. Our economy and our debt is just out of control. The warfare spending, the welfare spending, it all gets worse after 30 years of conservatives pointing out every little symptom and attacking it relentlessly for two weeks at a time before they're on to the next one. What's that gotten you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And as I say, they'll tell you, that's really all we can do. That's not all you can do. You can divorce, I, I, and I wish I spoke to a liberal audience, I'd say the exact same thing to them about the Democratic Party by, for sure, absolutely for sure. Now, I think it would be receptive there, <laughs> about as good as it is receptive on the right. Most people don't want to hear it. They think the Savior's around the corner, coming to save them. When I get back, I'm going to play you this clip. The Republicans are going to come save you from central bank digital currencies. Well, I got to tell you, this is another one of those things where when I listen to this, the guy said all the right things. He just leaves out a bunch of other information that I think I'd like to color out for you. Be right back. I've got a little bit of a short segment here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do something else real quick. It'll lead well into it, this uh, central bank digital currency clip by a Republican Congress critter who says some great things. I'm telling you, central bank digital currencies, that is an absolute no. It's a, a seriously important issue that changes the landscape of everything that you do, think, and say. So this is a big no. So I definitely want to get to that. But, uh, you know... Here's the kind of people that I'm kind of drawn to. And that, that's what's going on in England right now that certainly nobody is, is covering. But while, while it seems to me a lot of Americans are sitting around and waiting on a savior, uh, there are some people taking some action. Somebody had tweeted this out. They said, England is on the verge of giving up on the World Economic Forum agenda 15-minute cities after almost 100% of the cameras have been destroyed and 50,000 people refuse to pay the fines. These are uh, cameras that are designed to charge people who'd still drive older gas cars uh, more money a day. Figures in just a second. Uh, the, this this post went on to say cameras cannot be protected as they defunded the police. Courts cannot prosecute that number of people. There's a huge lesson in that. Blade Runners, they're called out in England. They're calling themselves the Blade Runners. And as soon as one of these cameras goes up, they go out and take it out. Now, I don't know if they're conservative or they're liberal. I don't know if they're black or they're white or they're young or they're old, but they've had it. And they're not waiting for somebody to come tell them, hey, hang in there. If you vote for us next time, we'll get those cameras down or at least we'll lower the cost, uh, the, the fines for driving a gas vehicle. This is the Blade Runners, these people, this is their update. Blade Runners have removed or disabled nearly a thousand of ULES cameras. These cameras are char charging gas cars that are older than 2006 and diesel cars older than 2015, 15 euros a day due to the new emission laws. This is designed to limit the movement of those least able to afford it. So nobody's over there sitting around waiting 
They ain't waiting on somebody. Meanwhile, I drive past the license plate readers here in this country. Anybody doing these kinds of things? Oh, we've got some nut jobs out there gluing their hands to the street for an imaginary climate crisis. But on, on this stuff, we're, we just know that if we vote a little harder next time, surely they'll get rid of those cameras. Uh, but this is interesting, too, on the tech side. I'll get to this, just hit this real quick, because I've told you, I'm a little suspicious of Elon Musk, and, and boy, his creepy factor's going up, apparently. And I don't really fault him for this, to be honest with you, but it, it sounds to me, from what I'm seeing, that Twitter is about to be a paid subscription service, period, the end. It started with the blue check marks. Now you can only go on Twitter if you want to pay a monthly fee for it. Oh, look, hey, that's capitalism. If Twitter's worth it, I'm sure it's worth $4 a month. Hell, I might even pay it. It's the only, only platform of that type that I use. But that is kind of interesting that Elon Musk has taken it. And he's also got the, the CEO that says, you have freedom of speech on Twitter, but not freedom of reach. I played you the clip a couple of weeks ago where she basically said, well, no, when, when we hear things that are awful, we're going to allow them to say them. We're not going to take them off, but we're not going to let anybody see it. And that, that, that is a, a distinction without a difference. But this is just here, out of, and this is actually a tweet from Elon Musk. The first human patient will soon receive a Neuralink device. This ultimately has the potential to restore full body movement. In the long term, Neuralink hopes to play a role in AI risk, civil, civiz, uh, civilizational risk reduction by improving human to AI parentheses, and human-to-human, -human, unparentheses, bandwidth by several orders of magnitude. And he goes on to say, imagine if Stephen Hawking had had this. <laughs> so they're starting to put this thing in human beings. Now, look, one thing I repeat constantly on this show is that technology could be such a great benefit to all of mankind. I mean, I cannot even imagine the quality of life that we deserve and have at our fingertips if we got the busybodies and the political parasites out of our life. Just the, the things that could make life easier, we allow them to make them tools of oppression and coercion. And to be honest with you, as human beings, we don't use them particularly well. We become addicted and we use them for silly things and people use social media rather than connect with friends to scream at strangers. You know, I, we, we have human failings in that way. That's probably not uniquely American. But the problem is with this Neuralink that Elon Musk is rolling out, he's right, it probably could be a game changer. Can you imagine restoring movement to, to quadriplegics? They're looking for quadriplegic volunteers right now. But you and I know. You know, sure as hell as we're sitting here right now, that the ability for some kind of connection to the internet or any other digital connection of humans is going to be exploited in ways we can barely even fathom. It's terrifying. You can only imagine if they have got actual wired-in control of your brain what a disaster that would be. Again, could be a huge boon to mankind. You know, mRNA vaccine technology could probably be great, but they're not going to let it be great. Same reason they don't cure cancer. Oh, they'll tell you you're going to live six months longer now than you did 20 years ago because of all the advancements. Of course, you're going to have to spend $6 million to get the treatments to get that extra six months. That's really the goal. You know, Google is just a great search engine. 
I mean, you, you got to admit, I mean, the, the fact they send these bots out and you can type in a phrase and you get something like 45 million results in 1.2 seconds. I mean, what an amazing feat of mankind. And what have they done with it? They've used it as a tool of manipulation and control. I got to tell you, putting chips in brains, it, it may start out very noble. It, it, it's not going to end that way if this becomes widespread. So we'll see. Elon might be a man of great honor, but he's unleashing a technology that is going to be just dystopian should it be widely accepted. I'll be right back. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. So when we talk about technology, there's none more nefarious than the central bank digital currency. And what another great tool it could be. Look, I use the convenience of a debit card or a credit card. Isn't it fantastic to do all these things? I did have to buy an RFID wallet the other day because I finally got a tap card kind of freaked me out thinking that this thing is emitting something that could be used to process a payment. So I immediately got an RFID blocking wallet. Am I paranoid? Yes. Now, central bank digital currencies should be resisted with every breath of our body. And this is a Republican Congress critter. His name is Representative Tom Emmer. I didn't even look up what state he's from. Doesn't really matter. I'll, I'll tell you right now. If it comes between Republicans and Democrats on central bank digital currencies, I'm with Republicans more than Democrats, although there will be the same rhinos that think that they, it'll be okay. But this is, tep, uh, this is Representative Tom Emmer talking about central bank digital currencies. And as I said, you'll probably, if, you're, if you understand the danger of these things, you'll probably agree with a lot of things he says, as I do. But there's just so many things that are, I don't know, kind of left out of this. It's good to be back in the people's house where House Republicans are ready to continue delivering on our promises to the American people. <laughs> One important aspect of our common sense agenda is actually protecting Americans' financial privacy. Now, I want you to remember that phrase. This is a Republican. He said one of their oh, one of their just solemn duties is to protect the financial privacy of the American people, particularly when it pertains to this lawless administrative state. That's why yeah, it is, it's, it's this lawless administrative state. You know, it just started with Joe Biden. I mean, before that, the government was your friend. I reintroduced a bill yesterday called the Central Bank Digital Currency Anti-Surveillance State Act, which puts a check on unelected bureaucrats and ensures that the United States digital currency policy upholds our values of privacy, individual sovereignty, and free market competitiveness. Recent actions from the Biden administration have made it clear that they are not only itching to create a digital dollar, but they're willing to trade Americans' right to financial privacy for a surveillance-style CBDC. This bill ensures the future of crypto is in the hands of the American people, not the administrative state. By prohibiting the Federal Reserve from creating a tool with unfettered insight into Americans' financial data, if not open, permissionless, and private, like cash, 
A CBDC is nothing more than a CCP-style surveillance tool that can be weaponized to oppress the American way of life. We're not going to let that happen, not on House Republicans' watch. And I want to thank the Financial Services Committee for considering our bill this month, and we're going to continue working to ensure that the digital economy is designed by Americans and emulates American values. Now, I think that there's some weasel words in there. To, it sounds to me like, oh, we're okay with a central bank digital currency, but we're going to put some safeguards in it because this government, you know, this government, it all started with Joe Biden, right? The Patriot Act that really kicked off the true in-your-face got your permission to, to set up a surveillance state, uh, that started under Republicans. But now, you know, they're on the outside, so they are, they are just determined to uphold their solemn duty to protect the, the financial privacy of the American people. So if I give them the benefit of the doubt, and they're serious, then this is, this is possibly a good start to eliminating central bank digital currencies. Although, again, in that speech, I don't hear him say there's no way in hell we're ever going to have these things. It sounds more like he's saying, if we have them, we're going to put some rules in that can't be abused. Yeah, we know how that works, don't we? <laughs> we know how that works. But I found myself listening to this clip differently than a lot of people do, as always. And to believe that the Republican Party is concerned about Americans' financial privacy is laughable. They have done absolutely nothing to stop the, uh, do you know what a SARS report is? The suspicious activity report at banks that's been going on for decades now. And again, this is one of those things, one of the byproducts of your incredible war on drugs that people seem so excited about and have just cheered for for years and years. Yeah, the suspicious activity report, that's the report that your bank has to file. It used to be for anything over $10,000. Do you know what it is now? If you do something out of the ordinary with your banking, just out of the ordinary, you want to go buy a nice mountain bike and you uh, withdraw $1,800. I can't believe mountain bikes. I've been looking for a mountain bike. That's the only reason I know how obscene some of the prices can be. But you take out $1,800 cash from your bank. Oh, they're going to fill out a report. They'll send it in to the feds. Hey, we're not saying Mike's doing anything wrong, but it is kind of weird. He doesn't usually come in here and take out $1,800, so may want to just put him on a list. Just keep an eye on him. He said it's for a bike. It might be. But we're not sure, so we're going to... See, the, the uh, Republican Party's done nothing about that. So, so don't give me this, we care about Americans' financial privacy. And under the guise of fighting the drug war and the war on terror two of the favorite unconstitutional and illegal wars that the Republican Party have supported wholeheartedly, both of those, they have ushered in financial surveillance. And even more importantly than that, if Republicans really want to impress me and they care about our financial privacy, maybe they should stop supporting the oppressive Internal Revenue Service that forces Americans to account for every nickel you take in every single day. And if you don't, the Republicans and the Democrats will send a man with a gun to either kidnap you and put you into a cage, or if you resist that kidnapping, they will kill you for not accounting for every single dollar and where it came from. They have stood by 
for years, decades now, and watched every credit and debit card transaction that you make sent to the IRS. Oh, you didn't know that? You didn't know the IRS and the big banks have access to every single transaction you make? Just a little heads up. It's not like they're really pouring through them. There's way too many. But they've got them on file just in case they need to take a closer look at you. Yeah, he's reporting... He's reporting that he's making $60,000 a year, but I'll tell you what, we start looking at his debit card tr transactions and that $1,800 mountain bike he bought sure feels like he's maybe bringing in $75,000. Maybe we should open up a file and start taking a look. Republicans have done nothing about that. They do not care about your fund. And, and, and it is disgusting to me, and it works so well on just about everybody out there for them to talk about this administrative state. And he throws in a dig at Joe Biden. Yes, Joe Biden's an absolute disaster. But again, as I said at the beginning of the show, Joe Biden is just a, in a long line of disasters and a symptom of the rot and corruption of this government. But he throws that in there to make you think that, oh, look, we've got to rein in this CBDC because we can't trust this Biden administration. But during the Trump administration, the Bush administration, the other Bush administration, the Reagan administration, they're spying on you anyway. Always have been. Absolutely no respect for your financial privacy. This party, again, has cheered on the war on drugs, which led to things like civil asset forfeiture, where if a cop pulls you over and finds out you've got a little bit too much cash for what they consider to be appropriate, they'll just take that money from you. The Republicans ever stop that? No, absolutely not. Republican governors, Republican mayors, Republican sheriffs. Republican police chiefs around the country have been utilizing this and just taking money from Americans. You have to go to court to prove where you got that money from so that you can guarantee them it wasn't from drug sales. So if you want to cheer them on for stopping a CBDC, that, that should be like the minimum. <laughs> that, that should be like the, hey, we're just letting you know, if we even get a whiff of you doing a central bank digital currency, you will never see another one of my votes. Now, we're long past the time people should have made that threat, but this is a biggie. Central bank digital currency is one where you should draw that line, but it shouldn't be the end of it. It should be, while we're at it, funny things you brought up, Tom Hemmer, about that financial privacy stuff. Why don't you close down that IRS that monitors every single thing we do? Why don't you shut down the Patriot Act that monitors all of our calls, that listens in on our voicemails, that stores our texts out at some big black building in Utah? You've got an IRS now that is asking you to report your Venmo transactions. And if they get wind that you've done more than $600 on eBay... Oh, yeah, you're going to be put on a list and targeted for an audit. $604 on Venmo through eBay? Oh, yeah, you're going to get a visit. Republicans are doing nothing about that. You remember when they told you they were going to, they were going to stop the funding of the new IRS agents? 87,000 of them? The number came down to 85,200. They stopped something like 1,800 of the, new, of the 87,000 new IRS agents. And I saw a headline the other day. The IRS is now hiring 3,400 more <laughs> enforcement agents. <laughs> so they're actually over the 87,000 now. Thank you, Republicans. And next week, I, I'm not going to have time today. I'm watching the clock spin by here. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, you remember how you were sold Kevin McCarthy, right? 
who are the two people that supported Kevin McCarthy's run for uh, Speaker of the House, wanted to make sure that everybody got behind Kevin McCarthy? Who were the two people that were instrumental in twisting arms and getting on the phone to tell people to vote for Kevin McCarthy, the rhino sleazebag that is the Republican leader of the House? Who were those two people? Anyone? Anyone? Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Those were the two people. I tell you what, I, I may play a clip here because I got I have to wait a whole nother week to get to this. Matt Gates has taken on Kevin McCarthy. They're trying to vacate the chair. I think that's fantastic. You should vacate, vacate the government. Vacate D.C. Defund D.C. If you ever want financial privacy again, that is the only way. Republicans are not going to deliver this to you in anything except for some milk toast uh, form where they make you feel like they're taking good care of you. I've just listed off five minutes of things the Republican Party has been part and parcel of for decades. They don't care about you. They don't care about your financial privacy. And I doubt very seriously they're going to care too much about a CBDC. It may be rolled out all nice and sweet with all the safeguards on it. How do you think that'll work out in the long run? So dark you can't see the end. Skies cocked back. Shock at which can't defend the rain. Then sense dripping. Acidic questions. Forcefully. The power of suggestion. Then with the eyes shut. Looking through the rust and rotten dust. A small spot of light floods the floor. And pours over the rusted world of pretend. And the eyes ease open. And it's dark again. From the top to the bottom. Right the top I stop. At the core I forgot. In the middle of my thoughts. Taking fire from my safety. Pictures there. All right, final segment for today's show, and yeah, I don't have much time left. I'm telling you, listening to one of these Republicans come up and talk about their solemn oath to their commitment to Americans' financial privacy is just, it was too much for me to take. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got the brunt of it. But the fact they get away with it is what makes me so angry, and that's why I talk about it uh, in public like this. Uh, Bashing Kevin McCarthy is like bashing Sean Hannity or bashing Jim Cramer. I just can't resist any chance to do it. Matt Gates has got a five-minute speech on Kevin McCarthy, but I got time to play at least the first minute. I think he gets some good bashing in real quick. On this very floor in January, the whole world witnessed a historic contest for House Speaker. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We have had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There's been no full release of the January 6 tapes. As you promised, there has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. And instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit, you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are, eight months later, and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the speaker isn't real. At this point during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. Power of the subpoena and power of the purse. Only thing the 118th Congress is known for at this point is electing Kevin McCarthy speaker and underwriting Biden's debt. And unfortunately, there's only one of those things we can remediate at this time. Yeah, he's right. He goes on. And, and I've got to say it again. You, 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 you tell me. 
I know I'm supposed to be quiet about this. I'm supposed to forget so many things. I don't forget. It was Marjorie Taylor Greene at the behest of Donald Trump that went arm-twisting through Congress to make sure that Kevin McCarthy got the chair. Because Kevin McCarthy's a good guy. Because Kevin McCarthy says nice things about Trump, so Trump's fine with him leading your country. It has nothing to do with his policies. It has nothing to do with him being conservative. It has nothing to do with him fixing anything or being a good legislator. He's a slime bag parasite in Washington, D.C. But he says nice thing about Donald Trump, so Donald Trump will support him. Because that's the biggest litmus test for Trump. It's, it's, it's not what you're going to do. It's, do, you, do you show enough loyalty, enough fealty to Donald Trump himself? Matt Gates is exactly right. I could go on and on. We're about to be treated to some level of a government shutdown. The new act of the political theater. It's not just the campaign. We got a government shutdown we can all talk about soon. And the media can pit us all against each other on a government shutdown. <laughs> the sad thing is, the best thing that could happen in this country is a real shutdown. And these aren't real shutdowns. They pay everybody back wages. They move on with business. Nothing changes. But we're treated to just more and more of this partisan garbage. It really is sick, sick stuff. All right, that's all the time I've got for today. Have a great one. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Me and my 